This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. Hey, Cool Breeze, it's me, your guy, Ice, your robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. This time around, we're going to take a look at a character I don't know a lot about myself, a guy who goes by the name Beta Ray Bill, so let's, let's light that incense. Let's bang that gong. Let's get the show started right, and away we go. You're listening to I See Beta Ray Bill, or Beta Ray Thor, as some people call him. He's an interesting character to me, but he's a character that I don't know a lot about. I'm not a Thor scholar. I do like Thor. I think that he's cool, but the... The only times I've really, like, read any kind of Thor stories is in the in the pages of the Avengers. So I don't know a lot about the details of the of the finer characters, the different characters and things that uh, revolve around the Thor universe. And I don't, I don't even honestly know how Beta Ray Bill came to be Beta Ray Thor. I don't even know how Beta Ray Bill came to be Beta Ray Bill. I don't know anything about him, except that he kind of looks like a horse, sort of, and that he has a Thor suit, and he has a hammer, and that he flies around in space. But uh, outside of that, I don't know. So this is going to be a cool one, man. We're going to be learning together through the process of the show. I, I hope that's cool with you. Nobody wants to have a teacher who doesn't know anything about the subject, but uh, you know what? Uh, on the secret tip, a lot of times teachers are just, uh, they're just following along in books, and that's what we're going to be doing in this one. So let's start off with some of the basic details, you know, height, weight, uh, things like that. It'll, it'll be fun. Let's go. Personal details. Height, weight, and that sort of thing. His name, like his legal name, is Beta Ray Bill. It was changed from Bill at one point. He's also known as the God Hunter, or Beta Ray Thor, the Flying Thing, or Horsehead. He was a member previously of the Annihilators, which was a uh, which was a team that Star Lord put together. That was that was like some real heavy hitters meant to fight like super important cosmic problems. The members of that team were Beta Ray Bill, Silver Surfer, Icon, the Gladiator, and uh, Ronin. Ronin the Accuser was a member at one point. These were these were some real heavy hitters, dude. Not like the Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know, shout out to the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're all a bunch of, uh, you know, quirky dudes who are powerful, but they don't, they don't have the punch of like a Beta Ray Thor. He is single. His gender is male. He's six foot seven. He weighs 480 pounds. Dude is very dense. He has white eyes. Like his whole eyeballs. The whole thing is white. There's no irises or anything. He has no hair in any way. His skin is orange. Which is which is cool. Like orange like a crayon. His his normal Corbinite body has no ears, nose, or pupils. His human guys has smaller ears with brown eyes and black hair. He is a he is a Corbinite cyborg. His status is presently that of being alive. He is from the uh, Earth in the 616 galaxy. That's the 
that's the, you know, the run-of-the-mill standard Marvel Universe that we all know and love. He was born in Corbin in the Burning Galaxy. He has no dual identity. He is a citizen of Corbinite. His occupation is that of an adventurer. He was created by the great Walt Simonson, who had a had a very long run on Thor that is very well regarded. I myself, I have not read it, but I, I've meant to. I, I want to get like a collected edition and check those out. He first appeared in Thor number 337. That came out in August of 1983. That's something that we will definitely get uh, into in the last segment of the show, where we talk about like toys and comics and things like that. Let's see. Next, we are going to, uh, let's take a look at his origin, like his story. Like, where did this crazy character come from? How did he become to be like this? Character bio. Like, how did they get their powers and stuff like that? Alright, guys. Here we go. Let's begin. We're gonna learn about, uh, Beta Ray Bill. The Burning Galaxy, the home of Beta Ray Bill, was destroyed through the machinations of Surtur and his fire demons. The surviving Corbinites decided to choose a new champion who they would follow to their new home. That champion, known as Beta Ray Bill, was successful and was transformed into a cybernetic being resembling a fierce creature. The Corbinites then massed their fleet, put themselves into stasis, and followed Bill's ship, Scuttlebutt. What a nice name. Bill fought legions of demons sent by Surtur. At one point during the Exodus, Surtur's fire demons managed to breach and completely overrun Scuttlebutt. Unable to fight them all off, Bill resorted to opening up the airlock in a desperate move to force all of them out of the ship to protect the Corbinites. This almost cost Bill his life, but he was saved at the last second by a passing Nova Centurion. So we got a lot of we got a lot of things to disseminate right there. The Burning Galaxy was destroyed by Surtur. Surtur is a fire giant. He's a native to the extra-dimensional plane of Muspelheim. He's the mortal enemy of the Asgardian ruler Odin and his son Thor. Surtur and the ice giant Ymir are older and therefore more powerful immortals than Odin and Thor. So basically, like, this is a dude, he hates Thor. He hates Odin. He wants to bring around Ragnarok. At some point, he lost... He lost his mystical sword, the Twilight Sword, and he thought that if he could, like, destroy the entirety of the, the uh, burning galaxy, that, uh, he'd be able to bring that blade back and bring around Ragnarok. Look, I realize I sound like I'm struggling with all this, but I am learning it just right now as you are. These Norse myths, these Thor tales, they're, uh, they're pretty dense. They're pretty hard to get through, I gotta say, but, uh, you know... It's important to, uh, learn things. It's nice to learn about different things and to, uh, I don't know, man, just, uh, expand your knowledge base, as it were. Let us continue. As the fleet approached the Milky Way galaxy, it was detected by a S.H.I.E.L.D. satellite. Nick Fury, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., asked Thor to investigate. Thor was deemed a threat by Scuttlebutt, so Bill fought him. During the short battle, Thor was separated from his hammer, and when he reverted to human form, Bill knocked him out. <laughs> Curious, Bill picked up the hammer and gained the power of Thor. Scuttlebutt landed on Earth, but Odin transported Thor and Bill to Asgard to resolve the problem. Beta Ray Bill claimed the hammer as the spoils of battle. Odin decreed that the two would battle to the death for the right to keep the hammer. Bill's Corbinite physiology gave him the advantage in a lava-filled realm, and he won again. It was later revealed that Odin gave Bill the advantage on purpose so he could defeat the weakened Thor. However, he refused to take Thor's life, so Odin... Odin may have chosen that arena to further test Bill's worthiness and to teach Thor a lesson in humility. He returned the hammer to Thor, and he had a new hammer made of Uru. It was called the Stormbreaker, and it was forged especially for Bill, who became the Beta Ray Thor. Thor. 
that is all so cool, man. I really do like that story. I I, I like that, um, I don't know, man. It's always interesting to me to see, like, the different people who are worthy of having the hammer out there in the world. Let's, uh, let's take a quick look at that. I pulled up the Wikipedia page where they talk about different people who've been able to hold the hammer over the years. You have a Beta Ray Bill. Of course, Captain America, Boar, who is uh, Thor's grandfather. Also, Burry who is Thor's great-grandfather, Boar and Burry. What a, what a, what a pair of names. Imagine going through life being named Boar. Then you have, uh, you have Loki. I guess at one point he did it. Jane Foster, who, um, is, uh, that is Natalie Portman in the, uh, Thor movies. And we're gonna, we're gonna see more about that in the upcoming Thor film. Then there's the Destroyer. I think that's, I think that's the giant robot from the first Thor movie. And then, um, the Black Panther. From the Avengers Million BC, Eddie Brock. Is Eddie Brock Venom? I think Eddie Brock is Venom. Also Wonder Woman and Superman, which is which is really cool, I think. I I do like those kind of crossovers, and I can imagine that, like, you know, obviously Superman and Wonder Woman are both they're both capable of the lifting that thing up. Let's let's see what's going on. Then after that, he he did a bunch of solo stuff as Beta Ray Thor. In the following months after he was giving Stormbreaker, Bill continued to protect his people, and he assisted Asgard as well. He grew particularly close to Sif. Sif was one of the folks in the, in the movies, I believe, who accompanied him to battle Surtur's demons. He joined his fellow hammer wielders Thor, Thunderstrike, and on uh, the Thor Corps, Corps, for a brief time, because of an agreement between Odin and the Silver Surfer, he used cosmic rather than mystical powers. Bill spent time in space as a member of the Star Masters. The Star Masters are, they're a team of dudes who's like, let's see, who's in this team? You got Beta Ray Bill, Morphex, Quasar, Silver Surfer, and Zenith. They they look very 90s in this picture that I'm, that I'm looking at here, but uh, you know... I do kind of consider, like, Beta Ray Bill to be sort of, like, not necessarily like a 90s character, but I do see him in my head as kind of a late 80s kind of 90s guy. Bill returned to Asgard during Ragnarok. He fought ferociously, willing to die alongside the Asgardians in the climactic final battle against Surtur's forces. Thor, though, sent him back to his people, asking him to keep the memory of Asgard alive. So, Beta Ray Bill was spending a lot of time on Asgard doing Asgardian stuff, and when he eventually returned to uh, the Corbinites on New Corbin, the new planet they'd been living on, they were just like, hey bro, why are you spending so much time with them when you were our eternal guardian? And in the time that he'd been away, they went ahead and activated an old rival of his known as Alpha Ray, who was... He was the initial dude they pegged to be Beta Ray Bill, but he turned out to be turned out to be a little too a loony in the head, so they deactivated him. But when Beta Ray Bill was away, they had no choice but to turn this dude back to on, and eventually they battled it out. And blah 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 blah. Beta Ray Bill was the winner. Then sadly, Galactus came around and he destroyed the planet that the Corbinites were on, New Corbin, and a lot of the guys there blamed Beta Ray Bill for not being there for them when they needed him. This this led to like a years, years, years long feud between Beta Ray Bill and Galactus. They were just going ahead up all over time and space, fighting and fighting and fighting. Eventually, they uh squashed the beef. I think that like Galactus now isn't the eater of worlds, he's the creator of worlds. I think, if I remember right, during the Ultimates, the, uh, the third, second generation of Ultimates, not the one that was, like, from the, um, alternate, uh, Marvel Universe, the ones where it was, like, 
a science-based team with Black Panther and Photon and all these people, they found a way to turn Galactus into a, a, a life-bringer rather than a death-bringer, and then maybe at that point, him and Beta Ray Bill squashed the beef. Beta Ray Bill eventually served as a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he had many other adventures through time and space. I think, I think that's honestly, like... That's the important stuff. I think, to me, the important stuff is the origin. Once you get the origin of the character, all the stuff that comes after that is kind of... It's all kind of moot, to be honest, because it feels like... It feels like these things could be eradicated from history at any moment. Like, for example, we know that Captain America was a dude with a super soldier, and he was a dude with a shield. And everything after that, at any moment, they could just disintegrate it. They could disintegrate anything they want. They can start all over. So once you know how Beta Ray Bill got that hammer, how he became Beta Ray Bill, what he did with it when he got it. The rest is, uh, you know, it's all conjecture. I don't know if any of it would hold up in court. Let's, um, let's move forward. Let's find out, like, I don't know, let's move into the next segment. We'll find out what that's Three, all about. Four, four. Powers and abilities. Like, what can they do and such? Beta Ray Bill is a pretty powerful dude. Let's take a look. On the power grid, he has intelligence of two. Strength of 7, speed of 7, durability of 6, energy projection skills of 6, and fighting skills of 5. He he has, uh, you know, very similar powers to Thor. Let's let's take a look. He has superhuman strength. He is phenomenally strong. He's, he's capable of matching Thor pound for pound. He claims that he's strong enough to smash entire moons with his fist and he can destroy entire planets. But uh, that's never been determined, and I'm, I'm glad to say that that is true. He has superhuman speed. When he has his hammer, Stormbreaker, he can fly at speeds faster than the speed of light, and he can run at speeds faster than the finest human athlete could ever touch. He has superhuman stamina. He has, uh, he can function at full capacity for many days without having to rest. He has superhuman reflexes. Again, finer than the finest human athlete. He has super dense skin tissue, and this comes naturally to him as a Corbinite. A Corbinite has skin that is three times as dense as, uh, we weak mortals do. And then as he, um... As he becomes Thor, it becomes even more so. He's incredibly durable. He can fly around in space. He can get hit with a meteor. He could get slapped by Thanos. He could uh, he could survive a howitzer at close range and survive. He has a healing factor like Wolverine. And he has uh, longevity. He's essentially immortal. He, Like all Corbinites, he excels in hot climate. He has incredible fighting skills. And he also has... The powerful hammer known as Stormbreaker. Let's take a let's take a quick look at that. Stormbreaker is very similar to Mjolnir. It has made of mystic Uru metal. It's nearly indestructible. You have to be worthy to pick it up, much like uh, the Mjolnir it has the power of recall. When you throw it, it will come back to you, which is very cool. If you smack it on the ground, you can uh, change your shape. Bill becomes a human person called Simon Walters. Which is, which is interesting. Everybody seems to want to live on Earth. And he, he also, much like, much like Thor, much like many people, he wants to live on Earth. And he becomes a person known as Simon Walters. You can, you can use the hammer for force projection. You can, uh, smack it against things. Also shoot beams out of it. You can throw it, grab a hold of it, and use it to fly. It has the power of energy manipulation. It also has the power of weather manipulation. It can also create portals. When you swing in a particular direction, you can open a portal to any dimension such as Asgard. It can also detect other forms of energy. I feel like when you have a hammer like this, the idea is basically that like it can do any number of things. Like any anything you imagine that it can do as a writer, 
you can make it do. If you want to make it so that you can fly, hey, throw it, grab it, you can fly. If you make it so you want to smash planets, hey, smash planet, hit it, it's destroyed. If you want to make it so that you can smell different forms of force beams in outer space, hey, smell it. It's all good. Anything is possible in the world of Marvel, and that's... That's one of the things that makes, uh, you know, all, the, all this really fun. It's all open to fantasy. It's all open to imagination. You don't have to, like, be constrained by the mortal form, much like we are. You can go out there and do whatever you want, dude. It's the Marvel Universe. You can have a lot of fun. You can have a hammer called Stormbreaker that you can use to smash entire planets if you want. Let's, uh... Let's move forward, I suppose. And we're gonna find out, like, about comics and toys and things like that related to Beta Ray Bill. Other stuff like, what was their first appearance? Is it valuable? Any cool toys or anything like that? Alright, let's take a look on uh, eBay right here. The first appearance of Beta Ray Thor was the Mighty Thor number 337. That was in uh, November of 1983. He was created by Walt Simonson. We mentioned that earlier. Walt Simonson's like a legendary Thor. Thor writer. We also talked about that earlier. But uh, let's, let's see. I do not have... This comic, it is one I want, but right now, let's see, a ungraded copy is going to cost you like 75 bucks. I, I myself, I'm like ungraded comics. We've talked about this before. I like to be able to look at them. I want to check out the ads. want to see what's going on in, inside. Uh, so that's going to be like a $75 investment, which I, which I'm unwilling to make at this point for a character I'm not incredibly familiar with. But I, if I, if I saw this one at the flea market, I would jump all over it. That's... That's kind of been my hope that that I would find one just like out there in the wild, and I still I still have hope. I do honestly still have hope that that could someday happen. It doesn't really feel like it's outside the realm of possibility because while while it is like a really cool cover, if you see it, it has Beta Ray Thor on it. He's swinging his hammer, very very powerful image. He's bringing Stormbreaker down hard. And if you were if you were looking at this, you would wonder like, who's this guy? Who looks like Thor, but he's an alien. I do not know. I would grab this, but I'm, I'm hoping that, like, just the overall unfamiliarity with Beta Ray Bill, I'm hoping maybe one day I will find one on the flea market circuit, but as as of yet, I, ha- I have not. It's a nice comic, though. This I'm looking at it right now, and the cover... The cover is absolutely beautiful. Over, over the years, he has he has appeared on a few uh, action figure pegs at the store. He's been a Marvel legend twice, I think once back in the olden days of Marvel Legends, back when they were uh, by Toy Biz, I remember seeing a Beta Ray Bill. You can get that one. You can pick that one up right now. I'm looking at it on the eBay for $39.99 with 15 bucks shipping. That's that's kind of like double the initial price, which seems like pretty pretty standard for for run of the mill action figures. He appeared as a Marvel Legend a few years ago in the um, Build a Hulk series. You can get that one for $35. He also comes with the Hulk head. I, I like Build-A-Figure parts. My favorite, of course, is the head. I've never, like, successfully built a figure or build a figure in all, all my life, but if I do ever get, like, the the toys that have the pieces, if I can get the head, I'm always, I'm always pretty, pretty stoked. He appeared as part of the uh, Silver Surfer toy line. Remember the Silver Surfer had a cartoon briefly back in the, in, in the late 90s. He was part of that. This is a nice figure. He comes with Stormbreaker... There's, like, some chrome on it. Very, very, very cool. cool. He was also part of the Marvel Universe series. That's, like, the uh, three and three-quarter inch ones. I like those a lot. I have I have a few. Not as many as I, I would have uh, liked to enjoy, but I didn't I didn't buy them at the time when they came out. I felt really silly. I did buy a few. I got, like, Luke Cage. I got Iron Fist, Spider-Woman. I do have a few, but I, I probably should have bought all of them because they're just really cool. But he was part of that. 
He's number 11 in the series. You can pick him up for like 20 bucks, 15 bucks. I see here loose, even even much less. So our guy has had a pretty good career as an action figure. I'm betting at some point he's also been a statue. Let's let's take a look at that. Yeah, there is one by XM Studios right now as we speak. That's gonna go for like a thousand dollars. That's pretty pricey, but it is cool. He's been a statue and also also a bust. Here's another one by Bowen Designs. This one costs twelve hundred dollars. Criminy, that is a lot of money, but it is really cool, and I wouldn't mind having it. His his face, his like alien horse face with the Thor helmet, it really does it really does lead to like some neat merch. I think he's also been a Funko Pop, which is which is not surprising because seemingly like everyone in the world except for me has been a Funko Pop. He's number 582 in the series, and that was that was a Walgreens exclusive. I enjoy going to Walgreens. We have one like down the street and I go there all the time because they have mini mates. They have all kinds of fun stuff. They don't, they don't update their toys as much as I would like, but I think that has to do with like sales of the, uh, of the toys. It's like, they're not going to update them if they're not selling it. But then again, no one's going to buy them. If no, they're not updated. He's been on a bunch of cards, too. Let's see. Back in 1993, he was in Marvel Masterpieces. That was by Skybox. He's card number 77. You can get that for like $2. And then in 1993, he was also part of the series again. He was number 48. Then in 94, he was part of uh, Fleer, a Marvel set by Fleer. He was card number 46. I bet I bet he's been a hero click, too. Let's... Let's check that out. Let's see. Beta Ray Thor Hero Click. Yeah, he in fact was one. He's number 23 and also number 5. There's been a couple couple di different Beta Ray bills. I bet that's I bet that's a high-powered click. I bet he has the power of Thor and he probably cost about as many points in the game as Thor. You can pick that one up for let's see $8. Here's $12. It looks like this one where he's flying and another one where he's Standing. Oh, this is an interesting one. Beta Ray Bill number 63. He's a chase and he has Stormbreaker. This one's gonna cost like a hundred bucks, but it's probably probably a very powerful hero click. I used to be at Hero Clicks back in the day. That's like this tabletop game where you we have like these little pieces and you turn a dial for like different damages and stuff. It's it was fun. The wife and I played that for a while. It was more fun to buy the uh buy the clicks. They came in like they came in blind boxes. You would get three, I think for like $8.99, and it was just it was fun to see who you would get because they, they make a lot of different characters that don't necessarily get like action figures. So that was that was definitely fun back in the day. I sold all my hero clicks. I remember I needed a bike. I had a bike and my bike broke and I needed a new bike. So I sold all my hero clicks because we hadn't paid for them in a while. And one time I went to the post office and I had like, I'm not even kidding, like a hundred of these really small boxes I had to mail out and it took forever. And it wasn't a real post office. It was one of those like post offices inside of a uh, like a flower shop and they were really annoyed with me but I'm like hey whatever bro whatever I have a right as a citizen to mail mail so I did so I I think that that Beta Red Bill has really been like he's been uh represented really well as far as being a toy you got Marvel Legends you got Marvel Infinite you got a Marvel Universe he's been a hero click he's been a card he's been a statue he has a he has a moderately valuable first appearance. Oh, Beta Ray Bill was in the Planet Hulk cartoon. Remember Marvel used to do all these cool cartoons back in the day for a little while. This was, I think, 2010. The one-man army that nearly toppled Crown City. Prepare yourselves for...
Planet Hulk is a really cool thing. They really did ape a lot of Planet Hulk for Thor, Thor Ragnarok. So I do kind of doubt we're going to get a full-on Planet Hulk movie, but you never know. And even if we don't, we did, in fact, have a cartoon from it like 12 years ago. So at least we got that going for us. Guys, I think we've learned all we need to know about Beta Ray Bill. And I apologize if I seem rushed for time, but honestly, I am a little rushed for time this week. I got... I got some uh, things going on that are distracting me from the Marvel Universe, but, you know, this is a rare occurrence in my life that I'm distracted from the Marvel Universe. My mind's usually on it, like, 100% of the time, so I apologize, but we'll be back soon with another one of these. I think this has been fun irregardless. I think that you guys had fun learning about Beta Ray Bill, so until we meet again, guys, let's power down the ship. Let's head up out of here, and until then, make my Marvel. has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day -ha. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.